0: Second and goal. Roethlisberger with his fourth touchdown pass today, the second
1: time to Claypool. They still got it. The old men around the NFL, and look, some are a little bit older than others, and we'll get into it. They had themselves a monster week. It's a monster week for me. I'm going to get into that too. Welcome to the Game Day Podcast, Adam Kramer and Marcus Mosier. And uh, Marcus, uh, we have spent the last couple of weeks talking about the um, young NFL people. We're going to talk about now the old guys. This really is a celebration of them. I did a stock up, stock down earlier this week, talking about just the veterans and maybe their impact on the season. Really looking forward to that. Before I ask you your opinion, though, uh, reminder, everybody, comment, share this. Um, you can follow us on the Game Day podcast here uh, at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. We want to hear from you guys. Uh, are we right? Are we wrong? Do you hate our opinions? Do you love our opinions? Do you love our picks. Hopefully you loved them last week. We'll go from there. So Marcus, old man, Philip Rivers, the man you love so much. He had himself a week and and really all the old guys had themselves a week.
2: Yeah. I like how you had to bring up Philip Rivers in the very
1: to. first part of the show, right? I mean,
2: my goodness. I, listen, I, I'm still not betting ever on Philip Rivers. I'm, I'm, I'm writing that down. I'm never doing it again, but kudos to Philip Rivers and some of the old quarterbacks Ben Roethlisberger got it done. Aaron Rodgers barely, barely got it done against Jacksonville. Tom Brady looked great. Uh, It was a good week for the older guys this week.
1: It did. It did. We'll debate it. We're going to do old versus young with Connor Rodgers, buddy of mine, buddy of of really all and and a really knowledgeable guy when it comes to this talks to NFL draft stuff from Bleach Report. He's going to stop by. Uh, Before we go into how we did, a reminder uh, you can go to gameday.com, see what prices you can grab before you get ahead and and make your NFL picks there. And with that, this is an easy segue, Marcus, right? When we look at last week's result, five and oh for me. I'm not going to be a a jerk about it. Well, I'll be like a small jerk about it. Five and oh for me, Marcus, two and three uh, for yourself. What went right? What went wrong? Just general thoughts about the week that was. Well, I know what went wrong for me is DeAndre Hopkins is still
2: the best receiver in football, right? Otherwise, <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting great this week. At least three and two, feeling all right with a, a positive week. But that was really the story of Week Ten was Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins winning that game uh, against the Buffalo Bills. I think the Cardinals are legit, you know, Super Bowl t- contenders in the NFC, and I think maybe that's my big takeaway is. I don't feel like there's a dominant team in the NFC and with really no home field advantage. I think you could see one of five, six different teams in the NFC go to the Super Bowl and potentially win it. Uh, It's not a top heavy conference this year. It is deep. Uh, And I think that's going to make for a a lot of fun, you know,
1: the next six games, uh, six weeks of the season into the playoffs. All right. So my biggest takeaway, and I agree with you there, um, five and L first off, like, how many times are you going to mention that on that, the show? That's it. Over on but, that but, but hold on. Okay. <laughs> so 5-0. and oh, That's the, the joy. I have to talk about the worst loss of my fantasy life. Okay? I am not a, a super avid fantasy football player, but I do love it and I play. So here, here's a couple of things that happened. First and foremost, the Hail Mary that burned you, uh, the guy I'm playing against had Kyler Murray and Hopkins mm. on that Hail Mary. Okay? That was excruciating. At that point, I was in really good shape. However, I also have Nick Chubb on my team who scampered out at the one yard line. Right football play, by the way, right football play. So there's a lost touchdown there. Um, I had terrible starts and, and, and non-starts, right? Um, I, I played the wrong people, but those two plays, excruciating. I'm playing against Allen Robinson OK, he needs basically I'm up four in change. So I need Alan Rob. I need the Bears offense to be terrible. They were terrible, right? He goes up percentage points on me. They throw the backwards pass to Allen Robinson in that Bears game. Mm. He loses four yards, I believe. I lose by literally 0.1 points in oh. that game. Actually, no, it was point. It was a decimal of a point. It was it was it was percentage points. I'm I see him catch this ball. It is, it is my breakthrough, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna win despite all of these things. The Nick Chubb, the Hail Mary, and everything else. Allen Robinson loses yards, and um I still lose by decimal points in this. Well,
2: I, I'll make you feel a little bit better. So oh. I was playing against a Buffalo Bills fan in fantasy this week, and he has Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. So I'm feeling pretty good all the way up through the games. I'm winning. Uh, So when Josh Allen throws that touchdown to Stephon Diggs at the end of the game, it's over. I lost. Now, me being who I am, I'm thinking, well, at least I won my bets this week. Buffalo covered. I'm fine. I'm going to be three and two on the podcast. It'll be be all right. Nope. Couldn't even get that part of it. (laughs) Kyler Murray DeAndre Hopkins had to ruin that. So uh, just a a great
1: weekend altogether. Uh, Yeah. not as bad as Bill O'Brien. Although, I don't know, he's sitting yeah. on buyout money and probably playing golf, but yikes. Uh, yikes. Talked about that. That was this week's stock down. The guy didn't even do anything, although he still did a lot. All right. So as we as we go through and and, and get closer to debate, some trends, some updated look at the trends. It's been an interesting year. We'll fly through these. Home teams now, 76-70-1. and one. Actually had a a big bounce back before that 65, 67 once a home team's finally rallying against the spread home team 70 and 77 the week prior 62 71 62 and 71 excuse me so again, good solid week for the home teams over unders over 76 and 68, the prior week 71 and 60 so those over still holding true, although we get into December, uh, the crap weather at some point is going to impact that so a, a place at least home games where weather will not be a factor are the Saints. And uh, Marcus, as we get into this thing, um, I was somewhat thrilled in a weird way to see thin Jameis Winston um, get some playing time with the Saints injury. Not happy that Drew Brees has hurt those injuries, by the way, sound just excruciating. Football is an insane sport, but Jameis got his, his shot. So the question that I'll throw up there is, can the Saints uh, still get to 11 wins without Drew Brees? I think the answer
2: is yes. And I think they're going to do it pretty easily. Now they're at seven wins already. The schedule's pretty soft coming up. Now they do have a game against the Kansas city chiefs later on in the year. we'll see how they, uh, well, how that goes. But, um, I, I just see with two games against the Falcons, a game against the Broncos, I think they're going to get there. Even if breeze doesn't come back, I actually think it's more likely they get to 12 or 13 wins than just 11. Because again, This defense is still really good. They can rely on Alvin Kamara. Michael Thomas is still one of the best receivers in the league. Jameis can do enough to get them by to score 26, 27 points a game. Uh, I think they're going to be fine. I think over
1: 11 wins uh, is pretty much a lock at this point. All right, so they started. That was their win total, 10.5 to start the year, Move to 11. They're still a pretty sizable favorite at minus 278 to win the division. I actually think – And maybe this is just the optimist in me thinking that that Jameis can unlock some things uh, with them. I would let him do his thing. Uh, The Taysom Hill experiment is odd and it just seems to make that offense a little bit more disjointed. Like for what he adds in terms of mystery and intrigue, it doesn't necessarily um, I I think it throws them a bit too. Right. So um, I think ultimately I'm really interested to see what, Jameis does, but the point you hit in terms of the win total is fascinating. And I, I think what, what aids that is you, you've got to play the Falcons. You're playing the Broncos. You're playing the Eagles. You're playing the Vikings, right? You've got, you've got some winnable, like winnable, winnable They're football. They're probably going to be
2: favored in every game outside of the Kansas city. one. Right?
1: Correct. Correct. And I don't think it, I mean, I think you could play quarterback against in, in that offense and, and dish little bunnies to Kamara and they'd still be offensively. Okay. But do you think, am I crazy for thinking, and I'm not, it's doing Jameis for Breeze. But I, I think there's some things that they have not been able to do because the skills have diminished physically that they could probably do now. No, I don't think
2: you're wrong. I think somebody like uh Traquan Smith, who has kind of been a forgotten man in this offense, because you know, coming out of college, he was a guy that could stretch the field. We stopped early in his career, but as Drew Brees has gotten older. It's just not something you know they use a lot in the offense. They just don't stretch the field vertically at all. So maybe we see more Trayquan Smith or more of Jared Cook uh, down the seams. I, again, I think Breeze is the better quarterback overall. When yep. they get into the playoffs and they play, you know, better teams, they're going to need Breeze to be on the field to be that field general, getting in them into the right play every single time. But I do think Winston can bring a little oomph to this offense and a little bit of spice that maybe they haven't had over the last couple of years. So I'm excited. I'm excited that we get an extended Jameis run uh, here with the Saints. And, again, I want to bring this up. Last year when Drew Brees got hurt, they went to Teddy Bridgewater, who was a good quarterback. He's not Drew Brees. They went 5-0 and with Bridgewater, and they looked great. So Sean Payton has experience with this. I think Winston is a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater – they won't go five and zero. Oh, at least they don't think. But four and one, maybe they go five and one over the next six games. I think that's very likely.
1: All right. So are you picking them to win the division then?
2: I am. I, I also have a lot of future bets tied into the Saints, <laughs> uh, so I, I I'm, I'm really trying to convince myself <laughs> that this is going to happen. Fair. So yeah, I, I do think they're going to win the division. It's important to note they do have the tiebreaker over Tampa Bay. They've won those two games early in the
1: season. Uh, that could be big at the end of the year. I'm, I think they're going to win the division. I think they're going to go over that number. I, am, I hope they let Jameis be Jameis for good or bad. The guy, Let Jameis great. cook. Let Jameis cook. And if you have to like rein it in a bit, um, I get it. But let him do his thing. And I think ultimately, if he's not throwing the ball the other team, the guy could be pretty awesome. I know that's kind of a big part of that. So in any event, Drew Brees, an old guy that is going to be shelled for a while, That being said, there's some old guys that are doing their things out there and doing it really well. We debate that next with Connor Rogers from Bleacher Report here momentarily. Debate time here on the pod, and we are pleased to welcome in friend of the show, all-around good guy, roots for the same crappy sports teams as myself, Connor Rogers for Bleacher Report NFL Draft Analyst. Connor, how you doing, man?
0: Good, guys. It's great to join you. Good to see some familiar faces. How are we doing?
1: Yeah, we're doing all right and, and ready to dive in. So, Connor, so kind of the, the debate here, um, well, it's interesting. I'm really interested. The theme this week, of course, is old guys, and specifically old guys versus young guys. We've spent like the last few weeks just uh, gushing over just the young quarterbacks in this league, guys that you've scouted before they went to the NFL. We'll ask you about some of the guys that you're scouting now, but let's do some odds first, and specifically, which batch of these Old versus young, are you putting your your money on? So I'll give this for you and Marcus. Old guys, uh, Aaron Rodgers. This is to win the MVP, mind you, right? So we're gonna we're gonna draw a line in this in. Aaron Rodgers plus three hundred. Uh, Russell Wilson plus two twenty five. Those odds have just been kind of wild and weird here. The roller coaster the last few weeks. Ben Roethlisberger, uh, uh, tw- uh, pl- uh, twenty five to one. Tom Brady, twenty five to one. And then the young bucks. Okay, so there's the old guys. Young bucks. Mahomes, one eighty plus one eighty. Kyler. Seven to one, and Josh Allen twenty-five to one. So, Connor, since you're the the fresh face here, we'll kick it to you. Are you thinking old or young when it comes to the MVP?
0: I'm going with the young guys, and when I look at it, it's not just Mahomes. A lot of people sit here and say, "Listen, even with the odds being as close as they are this year, which is exciting, right?" When we get to the point of the season, it's usually one or two guys that are in the driver's seat. And when you look at how the second half of this NFL season can go. A lot of different things can happen where it's been week to week. For a while, it looked like Russell Wilson could run away with this thing when he's throwing four touchdowns a week. And their defensive struggles have put more pressure on him for higher offensive output. But when you look at the young guys here, not just Mahomes, who is just rock solid, doesn't turn the ball over, pushes the ball down the field. He's in an offense where there's playmakers galore, right? Whether it's Hill, Kelsey, they have two good running backs. And they have the, probably the best offensive play caller in the NFL right now and Andy Reid with a good staff with Eric Bieniemy. But I look at Arizona with Kyler Murray, and I think those odds are insanely low right now. And here's why, guys. When you look at it with Kyler, right now, Arizona is on pace to make the playoffs. right? I think that's a prerequisite that you have to write in when you're looking at the MVP. You want to make sure that your candidate is poised to make the playoffs. You want to make sure he's poised to do it on a team that – Might not be the best in the NFL, which makes him a little bit more important. Here's the thing to know with Kyler, why he could jump up into second or third place pretty soon and then be tied as the front runner. There aren't a lot of 4,000 passing yard, 1,000 rushing yard seasons, and Kyler is on pace to do that. I believe he's on pace for 16 rushing touchdowns. So when you look at it right now, he has the volume and the output of an RB1 while putting up excellent quarterback passing numbers for a team that is – quite frankly, turning things around and going in a new direction that those numbers would be significantly better than Lamar Jackson's MVP season last year. So I'm going with the young guys. And I think the real reason is Kyler is the riser of the bunch. If he stays on this pace.
1: Marcus, I know um, where you stand on Philip Rivers uh, when it comes to old guys, uh, but what about you? Which, Which side are you taking? Yeah, I actually like
2: the old guys here, and I like him even more when you consider the value. Um, You look at what Tom Brady's doing in Tampa Bay. They've got a legit shot to maybe be the one seed, maybe the two seed. We'll see what happens with New Orleans and Jameis coming up. But uh, when you factor in Rodgers, who, again, Green Bay is going to be in the playoffs, they're going to win their division. They've got a shot to be the number one seed. Uh, He's having one of the better years of his career. Uh, I think he factors in there as well. And then Ben Roethlisberger, that might be my favorite bet on the board right now. I know the stats aren't fantastic, and they don't compare to, you know, Patrick Mahomes or Kyler Murray. But what you got to factor in here is what the team success could be. There's a really good shot that this team wins 15 games, 14 games, and there's even, you know, a little, a little chance that they go 16 and 0, considering that schedule coming up. So Ben Roethlisberger at 25 to one if he leads this team to 15 and one or an undefeated season, it's going to be awfully hard for voters not to to put him as the MVP.
1: So I like the value of the old guys quite a bit here. Okay. So I, I, this is perfect. I can jump in. I hate betting chalk uh, and I'm also a fan of old guys becoming an old guy myself. (laughs) However, um, this is, I hate voting for these awards. Let me rail on that for a second. I hate how we vote for the Heisman. I hate how we vote for the MVP this feels like a Mahomes-Murray, like they're just going to steal the scene. You've got the Hail Mary. You've got his quote-unquote Heisman MVP moment, right? Like that's what that's what it feels like to me. Russ was interesting. It has not gone particularly well. But as you look at down the stretch, who has a chance to make the bigger impression? I think Murray is interesting because there's so much weight on him. He does feel like a college quarterback that is asked to do just an absolute ton for his team. And as long as he stays healthy and they make the playoffs, I think you're right, Connor, you mentioned it. got to make the playoffs. Then I think he's got a good shot. And then Mahomes is just going to be like, he's got the name recognition. He's got that, right? He's just naturally going to be included in the mix. He's going to put up huge numbers. He's just a natural fit. So as much as I align with some of the old guys, I'm actually going to align with them this week when it comes to, to picking games and, and, and excited about that. Um, I still think the young guys have the advantage, and part of that is optics, right? Part of that is youth, and 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 it's going to play a factor when people, unfortunately, vote. And again, I hate how people vote for this. So, Connor, on the topic of youth, um, you've covered this sport specifically college uh, at, a, at an incredibly high level, and I know you're watching film and you're grinding over this stuff already. I think the uh, quarterback position specifically this year in college is fascinating. We mentioned voting for the awards. This is the first time that the Heisman feels like it matters. Granted it's still a quarterback award, which is kind of annoying, but um, it's, it's tightening up. You've got Trevor Lawrence, who, by the way, I know you're Jeff and I'm a Jeff fan. Let's just, you know, fingers crossed they continue to stink, but you've got Kyle Trask, you've got Zach Wilson. And I'm interested Marcus to get your opinion on this well, because I know you've been studying these guys, but Connor, start with you. What, what, what are your general thoughts of the position so far?
0: I think it's a little similar, right? To the conversation we just had in terms of the NFL, where it's a pretty crowded group and you can make the case for just about anyone. Now, everybody loves a good storyline, right? And when you look at Trevor Lawrence missing two games because of COVID, that's not a great storyline, but the return can be one. And I think it's one where if Clemson doesn't lose a game for the rest of the year, because let's be real, if they went out, they're going to be in the college football playoff one loss, but Trevor Lawrence against Notre Dame, Uh, is is not going to knock them out of that interest of having them on that platform. So Trevor Lawrence is a guy. It goes back to your point, Kramer. The voting system is a little bit flawed. And when you look at these, you need to understand how it works. Trevor Lawrence hasn't won a Heisman, and he's one of the better college football players we've had in the last decade. Voters are going to look to get Trevor Lawrence this award. It's not to say he hasn't earned it. He has earned it in a sense, or he could earn it with the opportunity there. Now, let's not forget, we look at what Kyle Trask has done for Florida. Sure, that one loss, is it's going to hurt them a lot. They can't really afford that kind of loss. But Trask has the numbers in a ridiculous offense that is kind of, in a sense, this year's LSU, where the turnaround or the offensive output is just off the charts. Then you have Justin Fields, where, let's be real, Ohio State is a powerhouse, and Justin Fields is a household name that – I mean, a lot of people forget in that recruiting class, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields were 1A and 1B. They weren't 1 and 2. They were neck and neck, and some sites had one over the other and the other way around. So I think Fields is somebody that every year there's going to be conversation around the Ohio State quarterback because it's a position that puts up numbers. But he also has the NFL talent that's getting him more attention than ever, where at the end of the day, I still think Trevor Lawrence is in the driver's seat for this thing. But Justin Fields absolutely Uh, can take it and especially without missing that kind of time
1: marcus i want to ask you about zach wilson and i I know you've tweeted about him and and you've talked about fits and before we go into kind of who we would peg as our like the guy we'd want to attach a franchise to he's not going to win the heisman right we know that now um but what do you think about his game because he's sort of the outlier in here and been like a really fast riser for sure
2: Yeah, I'm so excited that you asked me about Zach Wilson because he might be my favorite player in college football right now. He's just so much fun. He's got an incredible arm. Uh, He makes plays inside and outside the pocket. Uh, Could he stand to to be a little bit more, uh, you know, get the butt rid of the ball quicker? Absolutely. But uh, in the games that we've seen him this year, and especially some of those big games like against Boise State, uh, he's been great. And I think, you know, some NFL teams that use a lot of the you know, the play action and the zone reads and all this kind of stuff where they, they need an athletic quarterback that can make uh, you know throws off of different platforms and up different angles are going to absolutely love Zach Wilson. I think, uh, I think it's pretty clear right now he's probably the third best quarterback in this class has already passed Trey Lance. Uh, and that's a, that's a lot of, uh, yep. it's really exciting considering how the season goes. I'm just, I'm really hoping, I'm crossing my fingers that they get to play a, a really good team in the bowl game an outside chance that they maybe make the playoffs. That's probably asking for too much, but uh, I love me some Zach
1: Wilson. Yeah. They might be able to schedule a PAC 12 team that they're saying now, potentially like PAC 12 going to loosen their scheduling rules. If you're BYU, I'm calling Oregon like immediately, because that would be great for everybody and especially everybody on this call, I I guess real quick. And then we'll, I'll kick it to kind of the guy that you want. Um, You know, Connor, we, we joke about being jets fans, but I, the guy that, I mean, fields has looked incredible right? Like more touchdowns and incompletions. And that's kind of a, you know, a, a, a bar seat stat. And that's not going to hold interested in, in terms of what he does, but physically that's the guy that, that, you know, it's Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, but you watch fields, the improvement, the coaching and everything else that's been, that's pretty like jaw dropping. That's the guy that my dad is holler you know, hounding me about like, Hey, are you sure Trevor's the guy? Is it this one? So I'm interested to see what he does. So I guess, Connor, going to you, we're, we're putting odds on this. You've got, you are a GM or a gambler or whatever, right? Both, which is, which is the best of both worlds. You have, to, you have to pick one of these guys and not just think about immediate, immediate success, but overall long-term viability. Who is, who is your favorite? right? Who's the guy that you're tying your franchise to and saying, this is the guy that long-term is going to make us successful.
0: Absolutely. I don't say this about a lot of quarterbacks over the last couple of years, but when you want to talk about landing spot proof, that's Trevor Lawrence. And it really is. And and that's hard to be that kind of guy, right? You look at quarterbacks that have come into the NFL over the years and some failed because of their shortcomings and some failed because of situations. I think when we are talking about the jets, the jets have not done Sam Darnold a lot of favors Trevor Lawrence is a different caliber prospect. He's the once in a decade kind of guy. He's the best I've seen since Andrew Luck uh, came out of Stanford that year. I think he's really that level of talent. I, I mean, when you're looking for a player comp, it's almost impossible to do. And I even said, if you're looking for a throwback comp, the closest you could find is a John Elway kind of player. And a lot of the things you're seeing Josh Allen do for Buffalo so well right now, Trevor Lawrence already does those things. He's not coming to the league trying to develop those things. So Rocket arm, size, mobility, leadership on a totally different level. I mean, you're talking about a guy that as a true freshman was the offensive player of the game in the national championship for Clemson at, what, 19 years old? That's absolutely ridiculous. So for me, I think he's in a different tier. I think Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback prospect I've seen since I've been doing this job. I think it doesn't matter where he goes, Jacksonville, the Jets, Washington, wherever it might be. He's the kind of player that can be a top five quarterback in three years and elevate your franchise all around. But if you're looking at the rest of the class, somebody that I think is starting to get overlooked simply because he didn't have a college season. And I was glad Marcus brought him up is Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance is someone that only got to see one full year at the FCS level. He didn't turn the ball over. He threw 28 touchdowns but I think he has the right body type for the position. I think his mobility is on a different level where you're looking at a Deshaun Watson kind of runner, and he has the touch accuracy at all three levels where he's going to be successful. It might not be a year one thing. It might be a Mahomes situation where he's got to sit a full year, but I think Trey Lance is the guy that, because we only got to see one game this year. And because he was a bit of a late bloomer at the position, you know, you talk to his trainer, Quincy Avery, and he'll tell you, The guy has never worked full-time at being a quarterback. Now he has the opportunity to do that. That ceiling is extremely high. It wouldn't shock me if we came out of this class and we have this conversation three or four years from now, and Trey Lance is the second-best guy.
1: Marcus, I know you like Wilson, but but you got to pick a guy here. And Maybe Wilson is your guy. Who is your guy?
2: Yeah, I'm really glad, glad that Connor talked about Lance because I think this is a situation where, because he did not have a college season, well, he did have the one showcase game, it probably is going to hurt his draft stock a little bit. So instead of being a top five pick, maybe he goes inside the top twelve or fifteen. And I actually think that's better for him. Maybe he lands uh, with the Chicago Bears on a team that's ready to compete right now. Or maybe he goes uh, to Minnesota and he's playing behind Dalvin Cook and you know playing with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. It would not be surprising to me at all if Trey Lance did end up becoming the most successful quarterback in this class even despite not being the best prospect here. Uh, so I'm glad he brought that up. But I think it is Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think he is somebody that can play in any scheme. Uh, he's not just a, you know, pocket passing quarterback. You can run the zone read stuff. He can get outside the pocket, make plays with his legs. We saw against Ohio State last year, uh, you know, the 70-yard touchdown run. He's athletic. He can move. He's really the prototypical NFL quarterback today. And I, I, I don't use the word very often, but he, I think he is bus proof.
1: Uh, wait till the Jets get a hand on him, by the way. We'll see. We'll um, test yeah, that it, theory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Real it, is, it is Trevor Lawrence for me. I interviewed him as a high school senior, and he was an adult male physically, mentally. Yes. It, w- it was crazy. It was one of, the, w- one of the most jarring interviews I've ever done in my life. However, real quick on Kyle Trask, very Joe Burrow-y vibes. Bigger than Burrow, of course. Late bloomers, statistics through six games, all the Burrow stuff they've talked about this week. But not insane tools, but really accurate, and it's just kind of coming together at the right time and great coaching. I'm I'm really curious to see what the process does, does to him. Cause I think, I think he could be really interesting. Um, Connor, look, we're going to talk more about this stuff. We're going to commiserate as, as Jets fans uh, really appreciate having you on man. And, uh, and look forward to talking again soon.
0: Of course. Awesome. Talking to you guys. And let's definitely do this soon.
1: All right. Take care. Connor Rogers from Bleacher Report. Uh, fun to have him on here. One, Thank you to Connor for joining us. Looking forward to talking more draft, uh, commentary down the line, look the draft season is it's pretty much all year round so we'll sure we'll check in with him again and hopefully the Jets continue to lose and I can continue to salivate over Trevor Lawrence finally saving my football team. So that said, it is time for picks. Uh, I was 5 and0 last week Marcus in case you uh, were unaware, just uh, throwing that out there and uh, we'll see if I can run that back. the buys this week, Buffalo, Chicago, Chicago vibe by, by the way, not very good right now. The Giants and San Francisco, the whole back batch of yuck there, with the exception of the Bills. So, really fun week. We we kind of lamented that maybe we didn't like some of the games or didn't love some of the games last week. Of course, it, it went well for me this week. Different story. Lots of really interesting matchups, uh, Marcus. We started right out of the gate. Chiefs minus six and a half at the Raiders. Uh, Ra- uh, Raiders, excuse me. Over under. 57, another massive total. What jumps off the page that you hear?
2: I think the first thing is the respect that oddsmakers are giving the Raiders by not having this Chiefs seven or seven and a half, right? Because against almost any other team, regardless of where this game is at, the Chiefs are getting that full touchdown, right? The extra point. For the Raiders to get six and a half tells me that oddsmakers believe this is a pretty good team. And it's important to remember The Raiders did beat Kansas City in Kansas City the last time around. Uh, They pressured Mahomes, 32 pressures on Patrick Mahomes. Uh, They got his only interception of the season to Jeff Heath. Um, I do think think Kansas City is going to win this game. Andy Reid is fantastic after the bye week. Uh, His record is just phenomenal. And there's a little bit of added, you know, Tension in yes. this game after the Raiders won. Uh, they drove their bus around the stadium, you know, throwing a little victory uh, party for themselves. I think Kansas City is going to win this game, and I actually think it's going to be a, a blowout. It's important to remember uh, the Raiders put eight yes. starting defensive players on the injured COVID list or the reserve COVID list today. We'll see if they get any of those guys back, but I like the, the, the Chiefs to win this game easily. I'm probably staying away from uh, the, the over under here just because uh, we'll see what's happens with those Raiders defenders. Uh, but again, like the chiefs money line, the, the minus six and a half, I would even move them up to minus seven. If you can get them on an alternate line. All right, well, It looks like we Ben's. have
1: one game for our big parlay. All right. So at the end of this, all the games that we agree on, we're going to throw them into a big stew and hopefully make a ton of, of money off of it. I like the Chiefs also now you know I, I did my uh, the stock up stock down stock to watch this week and the Raiders were the stock to watch because when you look at them statistically with the exception of Josh Jacobs who's fantastic they're, they don't do anything like unbelievably well and yet the number that jumps off to me is 44 at the, it's the points they allowed the last three weeks it's, it's impressive the defense has been good that said was it come against and, and can it hold up? And what do you expect out of Carr? I mean, that's that's the thing in this game and I know they've done it already and I'm not going to go full on like this is a revenge game for the Chiefs. Like the Chiefs are just going to do their thing. I just think ultimately the Mahomes factor here is going to loom large. I think the speed will loom large. You mentioned the the um, unknown surrounding kind of the COVID test and everything like that's, that's pretty lar- uh, significant as well. I'd love to make a more compelling case for the Raiders. As I look more and more at this, uh, I couldn't do it. So we are both on Chiefs, right? We, we, we've we diverged quite a bit here the last couple of weeks. We are, are getting some synergy out of the gate, which is a good sign, right? What could go wrong? Yeah. Yeah, I just want to say really quickly, I, I think
2: the Raiders are a good team. So if they lose this game, don't give up hope. I still think they're going to be a playoff team. So uh, if you can go to your futures bets and see what the odds are for the Raiders to make the playoffs, Uh, Check those out because their schedule after this chiefs game is very, very soft. So I still like the Raiders regardless. I agree with you too, by the way,
1: I'm not, I'm not ready to sell. It's the, we'll see what happens. Um, Both of those teams, by the way, six and three against the spread, they've been solid. Very interesting to see there. What gives first Um, speaking of similar, uh, you know, results against the spread Rams at bucks, bucks, minus three, over under 47 and a half both uh rams five and four against the spread bucks five four and one against the spread um you know the the bucks are such a like a curious team right those new orleans results there's been some some clunkers in there and i actually i think the rams you could say the same thing about Marcus. like that lost the dolphins doesn't Mm -hmm. look so bad anymore i feel like the dolphins are like the adopted team of this podcast by the way um so so the rams come out they played a great game uh, to me, it's, it, it's about defense, and it's kind of an odd thing to think about when you talk about McVay and the, the, the allure of this team, or at least it used to be. So, so what do you think of this one? It's interesting because Sean McVay has been
2: fantastic in primetime games. In his last 10 primetime games, 8-2 and two against the spread, uh, for whatever reason, he knows how to get his team up for these games. I do think they weirdly have the personnel to give Tampa Bay some problems. Aaron Donald up front, yes. if there's one thing that Tom Brady has struggled with throughout his entire career, it's when he gets pressured in, inside, right? There's just He doesn't have the athleticism to get outside the pocket. Uh, he bails pretty quick on that. So if, if the Rams can get pressure on, t- on uh, Tom Brady, I think they could have success. However, I I like the Bucs here. I think they just have so much talent. I think their front seven can control the running game, Uh, uh, you know, with all their different running backs that the Rams have. I think the the offensive line without Andrew Whitworth is going to be a problem. I like Tampa Bay minus three.
1: I think it's going to be close, uh, but I do think that the the Bucs will find a way to win this game. I'm going to go the other way. Um, one of the reasons that you mentioned, it's something that I you know, was thinking about a lot is that that forward front facing pressure for Brady and Aaron Donald in this game looming large. The number to me is 99 here. Very curious to see how they handle that. Of course, they're going to handle that just by putting a million people on him. But I, I do think as you evaluate this Rams team, it's, they, they seem like they're going to be a bit of a force. This line to me also, and I'm a bit of a contrarian. I thought this line would be a little larger than it is, especially with how the bucks responded last week. What does that say about the bucks or the Panthers or who knows? So I'm going to go Rams, um, riding them two weeks in a row. Uh, I feel like I'm testing it a little bit here. Um, any feel on this total, does this total feel a smidge low to you? It feels like bait, like, like, do I go out and take the bait because part of me wants to take that over yeah, I, I think the over is the right play here. I, and I, I'm fine putting,
2: you know, saying over the here on 47 and a half. Uh, but to me, this is a perfect uh, over to tease, right? Yes. If I can move this down seven points and pair it with maybe even Tampa Bay, if I can get Tampa Bay at plus three or plus three and a half, I like that a lot. So if you're going to do anything with this line, consider teasing it. Um, but again, over 47 and a half feels right.
1: Well, I'm, I'm kind of with you there, and, and you may have just – I was talking myself onto it. I needed, like, validation to get on it, and you gave me that. So thank you. Um, yes, the primetime game in this podcast every week is the game that Philip Rivers is featured in, um, sadly. It's must-watch. You yes. just never
2: know what's going to happen. You it never know. Like he, it was last week. It was going to be fantastic, or it could be a train wreck. He, it's, I mean, that's what Philip Rivers is. He will
1: flop around like a fish out of water, or will throw and play a really good game. So – Packers at Colts, Colts minus two and a half. I I, I think that's a really interesting line, by the way, over under 51 Green Bay, six and three against the spread Colts, five and four against the spread. Look, you know, where I'm going with this As Phil Rivers gets Phil Rivers gets it done. But really interesting. When you look at who the Packers really have beaten, you know, the Texans, the Vikings, the 49ers, the Jags, the Falcons, they got crossed by the Bucks, right? I'm not saying this team is completely fraudulent, but it, it does have some fraudulent vibes to it. Am I, am I incorrect in saying that? No, I I think this is a green Bay
2: team that just needs to get a lot tougher. And and actually, they, they remind me a little bit of Baltimore who we're going to talk about a little, a little bit where, you know, they're great if they're playing a, you know, sub 500 team and well, green Bay, not even so last week against Jacksonville, but uh, I, I do think they need a little bit to be a little bit tougher, but, this week against the Colts, who you know are pretty good up front, I like Green Bay. Uh, one of the, my favorite stats of the week: the Packers in their last twelve games following a against the spread loss are twelve and zero. Rodgers typically bounces back in a big way. I don't think this Colts defense has the secondary to keep up with Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers. I like. I think this is going to be close. But if I'm getting the Packers and a few points, I absolutely love that. My favorite bet's probably the money line, though. I just think you're
1: going to get the most value on Green Bay money line. All right. I promise I'm not just doing this to be a jerk, but I am taking Indy. Um, I think this is a line that just screams kind of public money on Green Bay. Understandably, by the way, Green mm-hmm. Bay is really good. Rodgers is really good. Uh, Michael Pittman, by the way, the rookie wideout looks like he's going to be awesome. Uh, it's a guy I'm actually really interested to watch. Loved him coming out of the college. Uh, really looking to, I, I think he's a guy that's going to really come on and, and not necessarily just impact this game but this year and beyond, whoever the quarterback is 10 years from now, it'll probably be still be Philip Rivers. So, all right, we're going our separate way again. Um, another game. That's really, really, really interesting, statistically fascinating trends, fascinating Titans at Ravens Ravens, six and a half point favorite. The total here is 49. This is like the yikes bowl. This is the tailspin bowl. This is just uh, Marcus. There is a, is there an odder result? This year. And it came with unique circumstances. I think the game was played midweek. Then that Titans 42-16 win over the Bills now. Is is that like one of the strangest results that we've seen this year, knowing what we know now and just trying to evaluate this game?
2: Yeah, especially when you consider the Titans had like what 16 days where they didn't practice yeah. and they couldn't meet or whatever. Yeah, I think that one is really confusing. So this is an interesting game because these are two teams that I do not trust at Agreed. all right now for, for different reasons. Uh, Baltimore has the number one ranked defense in the NFL right now, but they can't pass the ball at all. And Lamar Jackson's last 23 games, he has one game over 250 passing yards. Uh, The offensive line is terrible. Uh, But Tennessee on the other side of the ball, they can't stop anybody. Uh, They have one of the worst pass rushes I've seen this season, uh, despite a lot of talent. Uh, But again, I don't trust Baltimore minus six and a half. So give me Tennessee – we saw this game in the playoffs last year and Tennessee was able to run the ball right down Baltimore's throats. Uh, no Brandon Williams, no Calais Campbell, maybe Tennessee can get things going on the ground.
1: I like Tennessee to cover in this one. Oh my God. We're not going to have any parlay teams. Um, someone's <laughs> going to be big right or big wrong. Um, I got the Ravens and I don't, I don't feel great about it. Um, you mentioned that I, I, as, as someone who likes watching Lamar, I've got concerns about Lamar. But Ryan Tannehill has only thrown for 250 yards two games this year. I think there's a ton of pressure on this run game, and I just don't feel like this is a good situation for them. But that being said, this is a really, uh, really tough game to figure. Tennessee, three and six against the spread. Spread. Baltimore is four and four. Um, I, I, it feels like kind of an aggressive line in Baltimore's favor, and maybe that's why I like it. And I know I asked you about the total um, in, uh, earlier, this is a game where I could actually make a pretty good case for the under. I was going to go Ravens or under. I'm going to take the Ravens, but any lean on the toll here either way? Yeah. I, I think we need to put the under here in our parlay because I okay, think under, I'm
2: in. I, I just don't see, I don't see a lot of points coming out of the passing game in this one. Baltimore's really struggled to hit plays down the field. Hollywood Brown's been almost useless in the passing yeah. game. No, Nick Boyle. I know he's not a big receiving threat, but they just don't have a ton of options. So, Uh, I I do like the under 49 here.
1: Okay, good. That's going to be in the parlay. We have some synergy going there and heading into this, um, this final uh, spotlight game, the Cardinals at the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks are a three point favorite over under 57 and a half. Um, It's fascinating. Like, uh, Oh, by the way, I didn't mention in my fantasy rant. I have Russell Wilson. And he had like nine points. Right. Oof. So, so I, I should have added that commentary to let you know how I feel about things, both teams, five and four against the spread. I don't know what to make of the Seahawks, man, but I can tell you this, when DK Metcalf is rolling, I feel like that team is rolling. It's an odd thing to say about a wideout, but it does feel like the pace of that is you got to get him going. And obviously you've got weapons there. It sounds like Carson's going to be out again. Um, what what are your thoughts here going in? It's pretty interesting point spread too.
2: Yeah, I thought Seattle should have easily won the last game, right? They were up 10 points with three minutes left in that game. I think they lost that game more than what Arizona won. Uh, this is on a short week. Typically, short weeks favor home teams. Um, I like Seattle minus three. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I, I could easily see. 65 points scored in this one because we again traditionally these Thursday night football games have a bunch of scoring so I like the Seahawks and I like the over here I'm gonna trust Russell Wilson my guy he's let me down three of the last four weeks please don't let
1: me down again I'm with you here um, not just for fantasy rooting purposes but I I think it's an interesting point spread I think people are going to buy high on Cardinals and 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 sell the Seahawks I I am terrified to see what that Seahawks defense is going to try to do to Kyler. I mean, that's just not going to go particularly well, but I think Seattle can be more overwhelming. I think you're going to get more of it. I do like the over, it feels kind of like the obvious play. And yet I don't necessarily think either of these teams are going to stop anybody. And I'm hoping by the way, as I lament fantasy, this feels like a pretty good opportunity for Russell Wilson to get right. um, From a fantasy perspective. All right. So we are in alignment on Seattle. Uh, we'll, we are in alignment. We're not in alignment. We've got the over or excuse me, the under in the Ravens games. We've got some things cooking uh, with our parlay here. Like we're not, we're not completely at a loss yet. We'll see where else we end up. By the way, the last week's parlay, um, not particularly good, I'm told.
2: Uh, Well, it's my fault. I I tried to convince you to take the Texans over the Browns last week. And, you know, listen, this is a good advice to all you guys out there. Don't pick bad weather games. The the wind was like 60 mile an hour gust in Cleveland last week. Neither team could kick the ball. So anytime they were inside, you know, the 15 yard line, they were still going for it rather than kicking field goals. So uh, don't bet on bad weather. and Don't bet on Romeo Cornell.
1: That's when you get that total, like on a Wednesday, and you, you start mapping out the forecast, that's a wonderful feeling. That's about the only yes. good feeling uh, that you can get from it. All right, so we get into rapid-fire picks. Let's see if we can uh, put piece some things together for this parlay. I'll kick things off, Marcus. Falcons at Saints. Saints minus five, over-under 51. We just talked about Jameis time. What do you lean in here? Yeah, I like the Saints. I think they should win by a touchdown. Uh, over 51 seems
2: Right, too. So I think the Falcons offense is playing better over the last couple of weeks, coming off a bye week. Uh, I, I like the over here. What do you like?
1: Over. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the over. I'm with you. Falcons can score. Um, it's an interesting line. I still want to see Jameis, even though I'm all, over, uh, all on board uh, with Jameis. But I'll take the over. And uh, this is kind of a steady game to see what you get at quarterback.
2: Next game, Patriots are still alive in the AFC wildcard hunt. They are minus two against the Texans with the over-under 48. What do you awesome.
1: like, Adam? I'm glad you brought up that last game. I'm on the Texans. I, I know it, we're, like, we're going to buy high because the Patriots are, are fixed again. You had that deluge down part, just odd, right? I, I Maybe uh, to a fault, I'm still a believer in the Texans and some of the talent that they have there. This, this line just jumps out to me too. I, I really like the Texans in this game.
2: Yeah, I actually like New England. I think they're going to be able to run the ball all over Houston. We saw what Cleveland last last week did, 200-yard rushers against them. Uh, I'm looking for Damian Harris, Cam
1: Newton, Rex Burkhead, all to have huge games. It's like the college running backs, like, superfected there. Like, guys that I liked (laughs) in college that are still doing it. Uh, Lions at Panthers. Panthers minus three, over under 49. What do you got here?
2: I like Detroit. Uh, we don't know about the status of Teddy Bridgewater yet. No Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Detroit is hard to trust, you know, after nearly blowing that game to Washington last week. Uh, but Matt Stafford looks like he's going to be healthy from a thumb thumb injury. Uh, I like him to win this one. What do you got? I'm
1: going to stay away for the uncertainty that you mentioned. So many injuries on that side. I, I actually want to take the over, but I sort of have, I, I want to see who exactly is going to suit up. It's just, Odd game, two teams that I, I don't really know yet, so I'm going to stay away. Um, Eagles at Browns. This just feels like it's going to be a gr- – This like if you're going to do bad weather, just do it here again. Run it back over under 46.5. What do you have?
2: Uh, which, or which quarterback do you trust less? No, Carson the answer Wentz is no. Or, or Baker Mayfield? I know that's the problem. I, I I'm staying away because I have absolutely no feel and no trust in either of these guys. I might trust Jalen Hurts the most out of the three. Oh, that's that so be, sad. That might be the one.
1: That is so sad. Relax. But no, I'm not wrong. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Eagles. Um, I answers your question. I don't feel great about it. I think they're a more explosive team. It was nice to see Nick Chubb back. Um, I don't know, man. Again, this line feels like maybe people are asking for Browns money. Everybody's so down on Philly right now, understandably so. So I'm gonna take the Eagles, and I'm I'm limping into that pick. But I can't. I can't. You no know, back to back. No opinions. Like you know. That ain't right. I'm going to go the Eagles here. Don't feel great about it. All right, next
2: game. The Steelers minus 10 against the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, over under 47 and a half. Just one quick stat for you, Adam, as you're thinking about your pick. Mike Tomlin's teams, 4-17 and against the spread in the last 21 games when they're double-digit favorites. They play down to the level of the competition. Are they going to do that this week?
1: I actually, I'm, I'm going no side here, so that doesn't, good, because I was getting nervous. I like the over. Um, I think they're going to score. I think actually there's been some signs of Jacksonville playing reasonable football, albeit with the quarterback that we didn't think they'd have to do with. Um, it's it's a, a lower total. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh could probably do a heavy lifting uh, themselves when it comes to hitting that. I think the Jags will get enough. As a Jets fan, I hope the Jags actually upset this game. Probably not going to happen. So I'll go over. What do you have? I like Pittsburgh to cover this
2: spread, and I actually like the under. I would be shocked if Jacksonville gets to 10 or more points in this game with Jake Lutton. It's just their offense is bad. Pittsburgh's defense is so good. Uh, I like the
1: under here pretty well. All right, so we mentioned earlier that there were a lot of good games. There's also, as you see in the 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 scraps in the leftovers here, there's maybe some not great games. Bengals at Washington. Uh, big draft game this is. Washington minus two, over under 46.5. you got to lean here. Yeah, I actually like Washington. I
2: thought they played well against Detroit. I thought they battled back in that game. Uh, You know, had a chance to go to overtime, but a dumb chase Young penalty cost them the chance at that one. I think Washington's not a terrible team. I think Cincinnati's just awful outside of Joe Burrow. Uh,
1: I I like Washington to cover the spread,
2: and I like the under here. Both these offenses are so bad right now.
1: Uh, Yes, they are. Um, Alex Smith actually was, what a a day. Holy cow. Um, But defensively, Washington, some of the numbers... Really good defense. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of with you. That chase Young penalty, by the way, was terrible. I like Washington. I think they're a better team. Uh, we, we, we like Joe Burrow. We just need Joe Burrow to have more pieces. And frankly, I, I, I think um, he just doesn't have that now. Washington is the more complete yeah. team as it stands. Um, jets at Chargers. I, I can't remember if it was you or me. We'll, we'll, flip yeah, it around. Yeah, no, I'm just good. excited because it's the Jets um, jets at chargers, chargers minus nine over, under, 47 gross all around. What do you have? How in the world are the chargers nine point favorites from everything
2: we've seen this year? How in the world can they be nine point favorites? I I like the jets here. I don't care who's that quarterback. It sounds like it's going to be Joe Flacco. Adam Gase will find a way to keep this one close enough to get fans uh, to to, to sweat it out. They'll lose at the end. It's what they they do, but so did the chargers. So uh, I like the jets plus nine.
1: I'm going to go chargers. I'm not doing that because I'm hoping um, – it's, it's an aggressive line, and that's partly why I'm jumping on. This is a, a cross-country trip, deflating loss. Yes, they had the buy. I just don't think they're good. The Jets' secondary is not very good, and this is a team that actually has some players. That's not the Chargers' problem. Their problem is blowing close games. I don't think this is going to be a close game. I think you're going to see just the, a dramatic – if you want a sad quarterback realization as a Jets fan, what you could – and what you are, this is that game. So I'll take, uh, I'll take the chargers here.
2: Our next game is the Miami dolphins, the official team of the game day podcast <sighs> here uh, minus three and a half against the Denver Broncos over under at 45. Who do you got?
1: This is a gross trap game. Hilarious sound, the alarm contrarian line. I've got the Broncos. This is mm-hmm. a, this is going to be the a very public game I would imagine, right? It just, this line screams it. The dolphins have been Awesome. Two is going to an odd place to play. Um, I I just I'm, I bet lines like this. I see this one and my ears perk up a little bit. I'm going to go to the Broncos. I think it'll be close. I could see Dolphins winning this game with a field goal. Also like the under a little bit.
2: Oh ye of little faith!
1: Listen, I watched every single snap of Drew Locke last I know, week against the Raiders. I know. He had
2: four interceptions and probably should have had about seven. I can't imagine what he's going to look like against this Miami Dolphins defense on Sunday. I love Miami here. They're going to cover this spread. With ease on
1: Sunday. All right. Over under, by the way, do you do you like anything in that total?
2: Uh, under. Under. There's yeah. just, just no way it's that gonna Drew Rock is going to do enough. Yeah.
1: It, it'll be a pretty gross football game. And and this one, near and dear to you, speaking of gross football games, our teams are, are nine-point dogs. And Cowboys at Vikings. Vikings minus nine. Over under 47 and a half. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, this is an interesting spread. You got to lean here. I actually like Dallas here, plus nine,
2: because they're starting to play better on defense. Uh, they're getting Andy Dalton back. And I know that's not a big deal, but he's better than Ben DiNucci. Cowboys had a bye week. I think they're going to come out looking at least competent. Uh, Minnesota on a short week. Again, they played in Chicago on Monday night football, a really physical game. Wouldn't be surprised if they come out a little flat, especially in the first half. I like Dallas to stay within a
1: touchdown. I agree with you. The line feels a little too aggressive with the the personnel changes that they're going to have. I like, I can't bet the Vikings find Like, come on. I just watched this team against the bears. It was very sad. No, I just know. And I say that knowing that Dallas has, has got its issues, but I actually think there's a lot of uh, pretty decent value here. So looking at what we like, there's some good, there's some likes dis- and just dislike there. We go. going our other ways. Our big parlay. We like the chiefs to cover. We like Rams bucks over. We like Ravens Titans under the Seattle cover Seattle over uh, that's a big game for us on a Thursday. Saints-Falcons over, Washington uh, to cover, and then the Miami-Denver under. Um, there's a lot in there. I feel like that's a beefier parlay than we've had uh, of late.
2: I agree. I think I, I like it a lot. I'm, as soon as we're done recording this, I'm going to jump on
1: and, and bet it. Okay, so so just to remind you how beefy it is, if you bet 25 bucks, uh, and this comes in, and if it does, by the way, we're going to be um, – obnoxious you thought five and oh is obnoxious would be way more obnoxious next week that'll net you seventy seven hundred dollars oh and, and throw the cowboys um in there as well to to tap it off all okay so, now i
2: don't feel so good betting on the cowboys always makes me a little stressed it, out so yeah but well i'll still do it why not it's 25 yeah, bucks
1: it's gonna hinge on there and it's a big payout so as we get ready to wrap things up um any closing thoughts on this week or, or anything in general as we uh, as we kick it into gear here
2: yeah, I think this is another big week for the MB- MVP races, right? We get a primetime Patrick Mahomes game. We get a primetime Kyler Murray game, a primetime Russell Wilson game. I think we're going to learn a lot about the MVP race this year, or this week, and uh, I'm looking forward to the games.
1: Yeah, me too. I, I think it's. I think this is the week that we've been looking for. We talk about those top five games. They're, they're ripe with intrigue. I, and I'm really going to see what we get out of Lamar Jackson. Um, I really want him to – play better but you've seen the regression you've seen everything else this is an interesting and i think it's a a really big week from him so i I will be interested to see what we get there so uh, a reminder guys share this uh follow on social media uh check out you know the weekly debate you like our opinions uh i think we're all pretty much on the same page for the most part with the weekly debate um but get involved tell your friends uh do all those things Uh, subscribe to the podcast spotify apple Podcasts, wherever you're uh checking them out and then go to thegameday.com to see what other offers uh, kind of affiliates have before you make your wager. So for Adam Kramer, uh, Marcus uh, Moser, we'll talk to you guys next week.